Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yoda Spee, Sparta, we're back, baby. Episode 316. It is I, Brandon, and John is with me. Hi, John. Hello, Brandon. How are you? Oh, I'm good, man. I feel like I say this every time, but it's been too long. Yeah, we missed you last week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we all missed each other for the previous four weeks <laughs> before that. Well, with any good podcast, with any truly top quality podcast, one of the important things is that that podcast not only takes breaks, but takes breaks because they sort of forget about having a podcast. Right. It's the correct podcast slash life balance that really makes the sport of great. Yeah, I wonder if we should do sort of like in ca- – like like we do seasons so then we can right. say like oh we're we're off you know we're kind of writing for the next season getting our content ready so then maybe that makes it seem a little more justified i think you could definitely you could definitely say what goes into the sportive the input part of the sportive is definitely writing yeah it there's takes a lot a of work time. that goes into this well, so many people think this feels sort of unrehearsed, yeah, off, off the, the cuff. cuff, improvised, unprofessional. You know, yeah, unprepared. Even do these guys even yeah. did you know? But amateur when we hour. say like yeah, 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 that sort of stuff. It, I know it feels like that, but this is actually very meticulously written down to That's the right. word. So the <laughs> hey, record. what else do we want to talk about? And hey, did you have anything else? And boy, is that it? Did we not? That's yeah. all. That that's there for a reason. It's, that's purposeful. It's little known that we record six hours of material for every podcast and edit it down to the tight 90 minutes mm-hmm. that we usually end up talking for. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we spend 90% of our time on this is in the editing bay. Just me and you. Yep. Eating tape and editing podcasts. <laughs> well, it is unfortunate that we took a break because the sports are just sportsing all over the place right now. We thought mm-hmm. today that we would start with the Minnesota Wild, the best show in town, I would say, at this point. Um, in many ways, the to, only show in town right now. Mostly. Yeah, some may say. Some may say. Um, not to be too uncouth, John, but what is your boner clock at with this team right now? A confident 9 o'clock, I'd say. Just a not, steady 9. Yeah, just a steady 9. They, they don't... <clears throat> They're not going to be favored in any playoff series. Let's put it that way. So no, any go, yeah, they won't be favored in any playoff series they play. So going into the playoffs, it's not it's not quite the this team is going to go all the way, but it does feel a lot different than the last 
14 years the Wild have made the playoffs or whatever. Um, basically, every time the Wild have ever been in the playoffs, he sort of looked at the team and went, well, they might be able to win a round. Yeah. And then it's the hockey playoffs. So you never know, right? 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 And they've had good goaltending in the past, and so he hoped their goaltender got hot, and somehow they found a way to score two goals and give up one for a long enough period or whatever that they might be able to make some kind of a run. But it <laughs> I, it would be interesting to have access to historical Vegas odds because now all of a sudden I'm wondering if they've ever been favored in a playoff series. Probably. Oh, I... There were probably a couple there, but... At no point were they dominant or one of the best teams in the league. You know what I mean? Right. But I also want to um, note that you mentioned the hot goalie theory, which was invented by the sportive. Right. Nobody else talks goalie about. Theory. Nobody else talks about the importance of goaltending in the playoffs. So I'm glad that we well are out. They there. do now. They just didn't yeah. then. It wasn't a common topic. That's for sure. Trailblazers. That's us. Uh, well, I'm a little uh, I'm a little embarrassed that I don't know this, but it feels like they're one of the better teams in the NHL this year. That should grant them at least one like cakewalk playoff series, at least one. Well, we remind, remind me why this is so messed up. We've been saying it since the start of the year. They're in the West Division this year, and mm-hmm. the West Division had four to- truly garbage hockey teams: the yep. three California teams in Arizona, and then. They had Vegas and Colorado, which I think a lot of people expected to be among the top teams in the league. And as a matter of fact, they are the top teams in the league right now. And then the expectation was sort of that St. Louis would push Vegas and Colorado a little bit, and the Wild would be the fourth team in the playoffs. <laughs> in reality, the Wild and St. Louis sort of flipped their flipped their roles a little bit. St. Louis was the one that had to sweat a little bit and wait for the Coyotes to lose enough games that they were automatically granted a playoff berth. And the Wild are the ones that actually pushed Colorado and Vegas most of the way. So in a sense, that is exciting because though the Wild would be underdogs against Vegas or underdogs against the Avs, I I think that at least against Vegas, they would feel somewhat confident, not outlandishly confident or like they – should be fa- should be favored, but they've played Vegas well for three years now, and they played Vegas well the whole year. And so I think the hope right now is that Colorado can win its last two games and jump over Vegas, and then the Wild can get that playoff series with Vegas, which I think would be, would be not only a good matchup for the Wild, but also their last couple of games they had with Vegas were getting a little... Little testy, little playoff hockey, little playoff atmosphere. So mm-hmm. those could be a couple of that could be a fun series. I guess is what I'm saying. Now the word on the street here is that when the playoffs start, it's a lot more intense. Can you confirm? Well, I I, I hope so. I'm I, I feel like I've been burned a little bit by the bubble playoffs last year because they were mm-hmm. more intense, but without any fans in the stands, it just felt weird and wrong. Obviously, there will be some fans in the stands for this year's playoffs, not not full houses or anything unless you're talking about Florida. Maybe you'll have a full house, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know what the restrictions look like across the country, but it certainly won't be full houses in Minnesota. Um, but it'll be it'll be more like playoff hockey. The problem I feel like I'm running into, and maybe you are too, Brandon, it is extremely hard to think about the beginning of the hockey playoffs on May 12th. You know what I mean? 
like, totally. Normally, this would be like the start of the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I was just about to <laughs> you. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Not not that not the Wild have never been in the Stanley Cup Finals, but normally the playoffs are starting sort of the start of April or so. Or the end of March, I guess. I, I'm not sure where that puts it on the calendar, but at least it's still kind of wintry outside. Now it's even here in Minnesota; it's summer outside, and so trying to gear up for the hockey playoffs when you're wearing shorts outside and sitting on patios or whatever is just—it's—it's it's incongruous, and it actually, to me at least, it makes it feel less exciting. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, is there? Are they condensing the schedule at all in any way in order to wrap this season up a little bit sooner than, you know, generally the the playoff timing, or is it going to be all just sort of stretched out the same way it always is? Well, I they certainly won't be <laughs> won't be dilly dallying this summer, but I, it'll be a normal playoff schedule. They're not going to play three game series or anything like that. No fewer days off, nothing like that. The the hockey playoffs, it's not like the NBA playoffs. You know, people complain about the NBA playoffs. I guess I'm one of them that in the NBA playoffs, somehow game one will be on Monday and game two will be the following Sunday or whatever. Like, <laughs> I don't know how this works. In the hockey playoffs, it's generally they play every other day. So Okay. It's not as intensive in a sport, so it's easy for them to recover <laughs> Yeah, that's right. A lot of people look at the NHL and think, boy, if only this had the physical intensity of a basketball game. Yeah, I mean, in the NHL, they play till they're like 55, so how athletic can it be? You know what I'm saying? Um, not much. It's more right. about guile. Yeah, guile. guile. It's, a real, it's a huge guile sport. Who's the oldest player uh, in the NBA right now? Oh, God, if there's only a way for us to look something like that. Carl Anthony Uh, Jones? (laughs) Well, uh, Carmelo uh, is probably, you know. Is Vince Carter still playing? Did Vince Carter finally retire? Vince Carter did retire, but he was around for a long time. I want to say he was, I think he may have been 40. 40 in the NBA is incredible. That's That's like hearing one of your friend's grandparents is like 119 years old. Like, yep. it's that kind of level. So Vince Carter, he, like, started playing in the NBA when we were in middle school. and Yeah, I think you're right. Our kids were in middle school by the time he was done. It was unreal. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Old Chris Chelios played till he was late 40s, right? Right. That's true. Yep. 46, guile. I think. That guy's a level of guile is something that's just unprecedented. I like it. I like a sport where you can play when you're 18 and you can play when you're 46. Right. That's a yep. good sport right there. Yep, it's smart. Okay, so you sort of talked through the playoff scenarios a little bit there really quickly. Can you walk me through? So it, we're recording this on Wednesday night. It's Wednesday May, night. May 12, probably. Um, walk me through what, what needs to happen over these next few days for us to be uh, sell, uh, planning the parade route. Right. The Wild are almost definitely in third place in the West playoffs. If Colorado doesn't lose their final two games, the 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 only way for the Wild to climb up to the second seed would be if Colorado loses twice to the LA Kings, which is virtually impossible because, as mentioned, the Kings are a garbage hockey team, and the Wild would have to beat St. Louis twice. The chances of either of those happening is fairly remote. The chances of both of them happening is even more remote. So really the question is, 
whether Colorado can win both of those games. If Colorado wins both of those games, they'll be the number one seed in the West in the Wild look at Vegas. If Colorado doesn't win both of those games, I, they're happening tonight. Um, let's see. We'll we'll check the scores. Right now, Vegas is up two already on San Jose halfway through the first period, and the Kings and Avalanche, no, no score, but the Avalanche have seven shots on goal, and the Kings don't have one yet in the first half of the first period. So Good that sign. might tell you about how that's going. And the Wilder also scoreless halfway through the first period. This has been your NHL scores update. Back God, to you. I love that. Craig Adams. Oh, Craig Adams. Greatest. Oof. So good. Anyway, what the most likely thing is to me, I think, is that Colorado is the number one seed in the wild play are on the road against Vegas, but we'll see. Okay. Hmm. And that's getting you at a firm nine o'clock. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm excited for playoff hockey, and I'm excited that the Wild have game breakers. They have guys who can score goals in big spots. They have an effective power play. They have a good blue line. They have a lot of things that are useful mm-hmm. in the playoffs. But more than anything, they have Kirill Kaprizov, which so many series that the Wild played over the last ten years against, like Chicago. You would, if you lined up the rosters, Chicago would definitely have the best two offensive players, and probably like Brandon Saad or somebody off of their second line was also better than anybody the Wild had. And so it just felt like if the Wild put all of their best offensive players on one line, they might be able to match up with Chicago's second line or their third line or something like that. Just the proverbial bringing a pea shooter to a gunfight or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Having Kaprizov and how effective he's been and how how good playing uh, on the other side of him from has made Matt Zuccarello and just some of the some of the lines they're able to roll the offensive breakout of Yul Eriksson-Eck has been good to see and so it feels it doesn't feel quite so much like the Wild are overmatched from the drop of the puck and so that's got me at a solid nine o'clock. Sure, well deserved. Well yeah. earned. So, when is the play? When will the when will we know for sure who they're playing and when? Uh, when will we'll that schedule come out? We'll know for sure probably tomorrow. Uh, and as far as when, I don't know. They're they're in a weird spot. I I don't know how much you know about this, Brandon. So stop me if you've heard this. Uh, I don't. I'm positive. I don't know what you're going to say. The extremely strange thing about the NHL schedule is that Vancouver got the super COVID a few weeks ago. Like mm. everybody on the Canucks got COVID. Every all their families, the whole front office. Oh, they, couldn't happen you know, to a better group of people. One of those. It, it, it was one of the the scary variants and stuff. So for a for a couple of weeks, it was a little bit like, boy, I sure hope nobody dies from this. Because that seems possible. So then they're out of the playoff picture. They come, they came back, and now there's there's sort of this weird scenario where, like, the whole Central Division is done with their schedules. They have no regular season games remaining. The whole East Division is done with their schedules. They have no regular season games remaining. There's a couple left in the West because St. Louis had COVID, and so... They backed up a couple, but all of those games are going to be over by tomorrow, I think. And then Vancouver's got games running through, like, the middle of next week. <laughs> Vancouver is in last place in the Canadian division. It, yeah. If if I'm not mistaken, the I think 
all of those games are against Calgary, which also has already missed the playoffs. So, so what are they just playing for bonuses? I can't, you know, hitting certain numbers. The whole way along, they've they've said, "Oh yeah, we're definitely going to play the whole schedule for TV purposes." But mm. who in how how no. utterly broken inside do you have to be <laughs> to be a, either a Canucks fan or a Flames fan and watching these this COVID prolonged season with both of your teams so far out of the playoff picture that Calgary already fired its coach. I I, don't, I can't remember if Vancouver fired its coach, but they should have. And just the idea that these teams are going to play four more games, and moreover, they might delay the start of the playoffs somehow in the North Division or even in other divisions just because they want to ensure the integrity of the regular season while Calgary and Ottawa play four more games. Four more games, Brandon. Four. Nobody's going to watch those games. This is coming from a person who will watch regional handball. This is coming from a person who right John now... John Marthaler is judging you for your watching sports habits. That is the... Lo- I've never heard this before. <laughs> Brandon, I've got... Uh, as we record this podcast, <laughs> I've got two screens going. Would you like to know what is on those two screens? <laughs> By the way, the Wild are playing tonight. The Twins are playing tonight. The Tim Rolls are so off many tonight. Sports. But the Wild yep. are on. The Twins are on. And what I'm watching is I've got the Loons on this screen, the 0-4 Loons. And mm-hmm. over on the main screen, we've got... Triple uh, A baseball, St. Paul Saints. Jeez, Saints in Iowa. Top of top five. The Saints are up two to one. They've struggled so far, Brandon. Oof, they mostly roof, struggled oof. because the Twins have called up all their players and mm-hmm. other guys got hurt. We we should talk for a minute about sportive hero Andrew Elbers because Not the best, the, the best. How is he? Uh, sure well, hasn't given up a run yet. He was pitching the other night, and the Saints ran out of position players, and so Elbers had to bat and. <laughs> He got a hit. Yeah. Your boy got a hit. Of course he did. Of course, course he, he did. did. Never a doubt. It's my guy. Twins wow. bullpen could use him. Twins bullpen could use him. Twins rotation I mean, you could laugh, use him. But, uh, he got a hit. Yeah. The Twins, can he play second base is the real question. <laughs> he can. He can. You don't have to ask that question. We all know. We all know. Uh, John, we can get into the... Um, post-sports conversation later, um, fittingly after we're done talking about sports. But um, there's a non-zero chance that we could get together in person and watch a little pl- wild playoff hockey. Oh, we, this oh. should happen. We need to go to Stu's party room. Stu's party room. Yep. And then we FaceTime in old chicken fingers. <laughs> right. Who will? And if, he, if, we, if we can find his location, we immediately get in the car and go find him. <laughs> He'll be at, if he's willing to talk to us, somehow he'll be at a school board meeting or God knows where he'll be. Some kind Softball of city council tournament meeting. in central Iowa. Yeah, there's a million places right. he could be. Shirtless in Wisconsin with Irv. The options are limitless. I remember him telling you, you know, you laugh at me now, but pretty soon you're going to be at at your older son's baseball tournament while you're getting updates on your younger son's golf tournament on your phone. And that mm-hmm. has already kind of happened to you. That Like this uh-huh. this summer it started happening to you where just like chicken, you have started saying, oh, I'm sorry, I can't tonight. Uh, one of my kids has a baseball game. And just because you predicted it doesn't make it any less delightful. 
Yeah, I was. I had to take my oldest kid to a basketball three-on-three game, and my youngest kid was at a baseball, uh, at one of his baseball games. So Danielle and I are FaceTiming each other with the with the camera facing out, and she is watching Jones play basketball while I'm watching Fitz play baseball, and we're in opposite spots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just that's life now. Yep, can't miss a thing either for some reason, which is like you know. It seems important at the time, and it's not at all. Like, right. who cares? But at the time, it felt like I need to see Fitz hit off the tee in T-ball. I'm sure my parents came to every one of my games, but I, it, we didn't have so many games, it doesn't feel like. Mm-mm. Like, I, 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 I played baseball right. in the summers, but it seems like we would have six games on the schedule and four of them would get rained out. Yeah. Yep. But the other thing, too, that's kind of hard is if you're going to do it and sign them up for it, you kind of have to be committed. Right. So I think there's nothing more frustrating for a lot of different reasons than the kid who signs up for baseball and then just never shows up to a practice and only shows up to games or only shows up to half of anything. It just becomes a burden on everybody and a really terrible experience. So it's it's kind of an all or nothing sort of thing. And as much as we... Yes, make fun of the crazy sports parents for lots of reasons. You know, them being emotional and them getting over-involved, that all should be very much made fun of. But just like having something to do every night, that to me is not that as much of a big a deal as I thought um, looking back on it. Well, I suppose the other thing, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit, I suppose the other big difference between what is happening for you and what happened for my parents is you know, if I would have summer rec or whatever and I would have four things in a day, it wasn't like my parents were driving me all over town. They're like, You got a bike. Yeah. You can you can make it <laughs> you can make it to the softball field or the baseball field. It, it wasn't it wasn't hard for me to transport myself in Ordenville, let's put it that way. Well, yeah. And the other thing too, especially with uh with baseball, which is so weird, uh baseball is I, it, it's certainly in St. Louis Park, and I'm pretty sure in other places as well. It's it's taken very I don't know if seriously is the right word, but it's kind of it's very formal, right? Right. Um, it's take it's taken I guess seriously probably is the best word. And the kids, it's not the kids' favorite sports sport at all. You know, some kids, but a lot of other kids just like whatever. I guess I'll play because you know it's kind of boring, as you know, right. especially at that at certain ages. Um, but you end up taking it. To being at baseball all the time and the main reason is it's summer you're gonna want to be outside anyway so what the hell we might as well have practice four nights a week because right if we're not at baseball practice what else are we doing it's it's summer you know you'd like to think well you know then you take a night off and you, what do you do you go have a picnic or you go for a bike ride or whatever but you know i mean jones had uh a game yesterday tuesday and he has a game tomorrow thursday tonight I, we got back from from school and i was like i don't know you want to go up to the park and hit some balls and he's like yeah i do well, why you know why would we do anything else right so it's just kind of an odd thing of he does it's not his favorite sport by any means i think it's probably his third favorite football and basketball he likes so much more but we end up spending a lot of time on baseball purely for the weather right so it's kind of a weird deal too summer is weird like that it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. both the most enjoyable season and also by far the busiest season uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Got to take advantage. Well, um, that's probably enough hockey talk. 
Right. We weren't talking about hockey for a long time there, but the upshot is this is a going to be a, a fun, at least one series. It'll be very competitive and we are going to do our level best to try to watch one of those games in person. Now, you mm-hmm. know, Stu is in. You, Stu, you is Stu is in. absolutely in for anything. He's really taking advantage uh, of the, uh, of being fully vaccinated and out right. of the bar. And we'll get back into some of that in a little bit here, but, uh, but Stu is he's living it up right now. He's living right. the dream. As long as so Stu can in. as long as Stu can drink beer and look at his phone, he's a happy man. Yeah, he is. And we've gone out drinking with Stu. A lot of times that's exactly what it is. Right. Even if we're doing a <laughs> podcast, that's Stu's goal. <laughs> yep, very true. Okay. Let's uh let's move on. I just want to break in and say somebody just went deep for the Saints. Okay, do we know who? Somebody named Kerrigan. I'd, mm, I've never heard mm-hmm. of that. I've never mm-hmm. heard of him. I feel like I knew Carl the AAA Kerrigan. roster pretty well. <laughs> yeah, Carl Kerrigan. Kirill Kerrigan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, I want to ask you about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. I should say, I, I want to ask you about the Minnesota Timberwolves, Brandon. Right. Well, my question to you is, um, how do you feel about them becoming the best team in the league with six games left? <laughs> I got refusing t- to tank. I got to tell you. So, I, I've said on the podcast before that the thing about this year's Timberwolves, regardless of how they were playing, I just I I feel like I just fell in love with everybody on the team, and so. As I've said on the podcast before, what I really wanted more than anything was it for it to work for this group of guys, if you know what I mean. Like, not I want the Timberwolves to win. I want this specific Timberwolves team, this roster, to play well. I like all of these guys. I want all of them to succeed. All of them are all of them are sort of struggling in one particular way. The the whole the whole franchise was kind of it has always been in in the tank, and so I was just really rooting hard for the whole team. So the fact that they won, I think eight out of thirteen now, something like that. Of course, I'm I'm thrilled. They have they seem like they have a competent professional coach now, which has not always been true, and mm-hmm. they're uh, they're beating up on some teams that are clearly trying to tank, but. That doesn't. That has never stopped the Wolves from losing to those teams before. And this week they played Orlando and Detroit, and both of those teams are trying to lose, and the Timberwolves are trying to win, and the Wolves absolutely destroyed them. I think they were up forty in both games or something like that. Yep, yep. But remember, <clears throat> excuse me. But remember, it wasn't that long ago that they were every time they'd play any of those teams, no matter who was on the other team, they would lose. Right. They would, or it would, they would be play very Houston, hard. and Houston would play no recognized basketball players. Two guys from yeah. the Rockets, two guys from the Houston Texans, and then five <laughs> guys from the University of Houston who weren't even on pro contracts. <laughs> and they would find a way to lose. Yeah. Well, the they lost to the Thunder. They Thunder have been tanking hardcore all year long with a laughable roster. So... The other thing to me is like, what did we want them to do against these teams? Did they, you know, how hard it would have been for them to tank away these two right. games? They would have had to sit like literally all of their starters and a couple other bench guys, yeah. and we wouldn't have liked that either. We would have hated that. 
honestly, if the Wolves have been trying to tank, their choices were winning these games by 30 points or getting fined thousands of dollars by the league. <laughs> there was really no other yeah. options in these games. Right. True. Yeah. No, it's fun. I, I think they're... There's something to hold on to there. Um, you're right. If you think about like just how much these guys you could tell were just these newborn fawns trying to stand up on their own and you're just rooting for them so hard. The only one you could maybe take out of that would maybe be D'Lo, Malik Beasley. These maybe, you know, cause just because they're not as young. But I'm still rooting for those guys too. There's right. not really anybody on the roster that I'm not... That I that I don't like watching for one thing. They're all pretty fun to watch. Um, maybe you know, depending Jared on the Culver. Maybe Culver's hard a, to watch. Yeah. Maybe Okogi at nights when he's like just continues to shoot, but that's pretty rare. He doesn't shoot a whole lot anyway. Right. Um, we love our guy Ricardo Rubio, of course. He still just gets mm-hmm. more handsome every day. I didn't even know it was possible, but uh, silky smooth on the floor, just coming up big time after time. But you all know this. But um, even a, even a guy like Nas Reed, like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I feel like I'm a Nas Reed Bobo now. You know. What oh I mean? yeah, undrafted third year. He seemed like he was weirdly like a seven foot guy who had a three inch vertical, but never yeah. missed a three pointer. You're like, wait, right. what kind of weird guy? And then all of a sudden, he's like dunking on people. <laughs> he he had the most rec league game of anybody in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a yeah, sudden, he was... he, it seems like. This year, he found the weight room, and all of a sudden, he's an amazing basketball player. Totally. Yeah, he was the, he was a 48-year-old lifetime fitness player <laughs> right. last year, and just now him, he's an NBA player. Him and Jokic just throwing outlook passes and breathing hard on defense. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And, you know, so the odds have shifted out of their favor. They went from a 40% chance to keep their pick to now, I believe, it's a 27% chance to keep their pick. Well, um, so that's a bummer, but but here's the thing: they they're in sixth place right now, sixth place in the standings. So, yep, I feel like that is about. In this is going to be a very strange take, so bear with me. But I feel like that's about the perfect place for them to be. They're not going to drop any lower than that. I I I think it might even be mathematically impossible for them to drop down to the seventh spot in the lottery or whatever. Correct. Yeah, that's like five games, and there's three left, or whatever the numbers are. Yeah, but when you're when they're in the when they're in the sixth spot, they've got a very small chance to move up to the number four pick, which is obviously the worst possible thing that could happen. Yeah, but well, actually, I think it's almost impossible. Yeah, like, I don't it, even know if if you're the sixth pick, you're either in the top three, or you have sixth or lower. It's one of those weird. Well, I got to the lottery is only three picks. I got to tell you, Brandon, it's it's now four picks. Oh, it is okay. So yeah. there is a tiny percent chance. Gotcha. Yeah, I if memory serves, they they changed it so the top three or the worst three teams all have the same odds to try to remove that race to the bottom. And also, I think there's four lottery picks now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, you're right. I just looked this up at Tankathon dot com, um, and it called- looks to be this is updated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't actually know that, but uh, so they have. Yeah, equal odds one through four. They can't get the fifth pick, so that's right. what we were saying. Yeah. Keep talking. So keep right. talking. I'm going to get more beer. Keep talking. Okay. Hello, listener. Uh, right now, they've got a nine percent chance at the first pick, a nine point two at the second, nine point four at the third, nine point six of the fourth. So all basically nine percent chance of one through four. 
they are most likely now going to the, the odds are with them getting either the seventh or eighth pick and giving it to Golden State. And that to me is a okay. Right. So th- th- the weird thing is that w- when they're at number six in the lottery, if they win the lottery and move into the top three, well, that's great. Then they're going to get a good player, and that's nice. But if they don't win the lottery and their pick goes to Golden State, if it's the sixth pick or the seventh pick or the eighth or ninth or tenth or whatever their possibilities are, mm-hmm. I don't care about them not having the sixth pick in the draft. You know what I mean? No. Correct. Completely. And it's so, I mean, I will always, it's going to be, it's going to be a long time until I stop hating the Warriors. It might not ever happen purely for the guy saying they're light years ahead of every other organization in basketball. I've probably said it on this podcast 10,000 times. I will say it 10,000 more times. Right. But that sort of comeuppance that they deserve from him saying something like that, when in actuality it was Steph Curry was injured for five years and he was on a cheap contract and the salary cap spiked and Kevin Durant decided to be a huge P word and join right. the team. That's not light years ahead. That's two lucky strokes. Right. And so Very much they so. have they have now ruined or wasted two years of Steph Curry in his prime. And we'll see what happens next year. But you know, the four pick yeah, the nine point six percent chance for that four pick is really the and even that is you know, Even that, I mean, it's the fourth pick. Obviously, there's going to be a good player, and this is supposed to be a five-player draft, I think. But yeah, but there's like there's uh, Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley are are as close as you can get to sure things. Like these right. guys are, you know, multiple all-star type players. And then there's three other guys who should be really good, but we don't. But are a little bit a little bit less. Well, they're obviously they're not the, one of the top two picks, but. Uh, well, Jalen Suggs, local kid, looks like he's going to be very competent, but I don't know if he's necessarily a game changer. And the other two are G League guys who seem like really good scorers and are talented, but we're not really sure. So it's really, I don't know. The worst case scenario is still not that huge of a deal to me. So what's the top guy's name again? Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham. Yeah, he's kind of in the mold of like a uh, and and again this this is best case scenario. So I'm not saying I'm not comparing, but like in the mold of like a Luca, James Harden, like these really tall six seven six eight playmaking ball handling guys who are maybe not like incredible athletes, but just are they know where to go. They're so smart, heady players, that sort of thing. So he supposedly is of that of that mold. I want to complain about one thing here. Oh, please. Uh, and this is specific to me and possibly like two other people. But I have a real problem that every young superstar right now is ha- has two hard K, C- K sounds at the start of his name. Mm-hmm. Like not only do we have Kirill Kaprizov and Kakinen on the wild here, but there's Cade Cunningham who's going to be the top pick in the NBA draft, you're telling me. Mm-hmm. The San Jose Earthquakes and MLS have a – 17-year-old phenom named Cade Cowell. I'm pretty sure that's his name. And former Wisconsin Badger and current Montreal Canadian young star winger Cole Caulfield. I I guess what I'm saying is between Cade Cunningham, Cade Cowell, and Cole Caulfield, this is the last time I will ever get those three names correct and assigned (laughs) to the proper person. Right. From now on, 
I will call Kate Cunningham Kate Cowell. I will call <laughs> all of the Kate Caulfield, Cole Cunningham, Cole. It's it's over. It's already over. Well, and who just hit the home run on the Twins? Carl Coolidge. Yeah, <laughs> Carl Carl Kerrigan. Carl Carl Kerrigan. Not yeah, on the Twins. On one. the Saints. The Twins the don't Saints. hit home runs. The Twins well, got the their twins three runs for the up. day, and they're done. Kerrigan uh, ran from third base, touched home plate, right into an Uber down to to join the Twins. So they need him. Carl Kerrigan, congratulations. I want to know who this guy is. Uh, Aaron Cleveland, where are you when we need you? Exactly. Um, so that's the that's the Wolves as they stand right now. I think this has been a super fun ride. I know that's ridiculous, but as we'll say every single time that we've said – since the beginning of the time, we know they're completely screwed. That's not the point. The point is at least have a little bit of fun while watching the world burn. Yeah. And they've been I, a little bit of fun. I mean, eight and five, they've obviously played some terrible teams, but over a full season, eight and five is a playoff team. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, they've also not just beat bad teams. They right. had two they really good Utah wins against twice. Utah. Yeah, they beat Miami. Uh, they've had a bunch of pretty solid wins. So. Right. I don't know. Regardless of their pick status, I am excited for next year. And I realize, Mm -hmm. I recognize, I know that that is the most galaxy-brained, idiotic possible take when it comes to the Minnesota Timberwolves. (laughs) Especially knowing that something is likely to go wrong this summer. Somebody will want to trade or somebody will get the measles and be out for six months or whatever. It doesn't even matter. But I'm, I'm excited for next season right now. You know, in a season like this, too, the it's they did get bet they did have a nice run here, but another thing is some these these terrible teams are so have been so unbelievably bad in the second half of the year. Houston, Detroit, Oklahoma City, Cleveland, or Orlando have just been. Yeah, I mean, you can't out tank these guys. Like Not every with one Carl of those teams. Towns and D'Lo and Edwards. You just can't do it. It would have been the most soul-sucking thing on planet Earth for us to still be the worst team in the league. They would have had to sit... They would have had to sit Towns, D'Lo, and probably Edwards just for the entire second half of the season in order to have a chance, just like all these other teams did. I mean, like, again, we don't know anybody on Houston's team right now. Right. But... We don't know anybody on Detroit's team. They traded away every single decent player they had. So You look at it... The Houston's lost six in a row right now. The Thunder have lost eight in a row right now. And not to be outdone, the Cavs have lost 11 in a row right now. Right. And if you take, like, how many games it's been since they've won two, they're right. all, like, one and 17, two yeah. and 19. I mean, it has been rough. One and nine, one and nine. Yeah. 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 That's bad. I would rather I be the Timberwolves right now. Anyway, I love the Timberwolves, and I hope that every single one of their players is back next year. Right. Yeah. Crazy well, talk. It's crazy talk. Of course. It's always crazy talk, but I think it's less crazy than, hey, let's just keep on tanking every single season. That's just not fun. Yep. All I'm right. You it, want? I want to tell you something good about the Minnesota Twins. Are you ready? Yes, please. All right, here's a good thing about tonight's Minnesota Twins game specifically. Here's a good thing. Yes, it is true that right now the Twins are down 9-3 to three again. That oh. is, that's a problem. But in an improvement, 
so far, their bullpen has given up zero earned runs. It's only Ya Erickson Happ that gave up nine runs in three and a third. Okay. Hey. So things are looking up for one part of our team. And the bullpen. The, the the guy who's pitching in the game right now is Sean Anderson, a person who is a baseball player. World famous, unforgettable, Sean Anderson. Right. Man, I did not uh we obviously nobody saw the wheels falling off like this. No. I mm. it's it was over so early. For 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 so much of the twins year, the question pretty pretty early on was like, well, what's going wrong? What did, what did, we really have to look inside the numbers and we really have to figure out why the twins at its extra inning games that that's where they're struggling or they're struggling late in games, blah, blah, blah. Right now, not only are they terrible, but their pitching is garbage and they can't hit. It's pretty easy to understand right now why they aren't very good. There are no secrets. There's no batting average on balls in play or left-handed pitching or whatever. There's no one Achilles heel. The whole body is the Achilles heel right now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, we never stop to think through what happens if every guy in the team has his worst season. Right. <laughs> I mean, it didn't feel like that true. was possible. Like, Buxton is having his best season. Nelson yeah, Cruz right. is still good. I think Josh Donaldson is still good. And everybody else is a disaster. Arise has been hurt. Sano would be maybe it at triple A if everybody else wasn't hurt. Um oh. their best defensive second baseman might be Williams Estadio. They arise. Max has been Kepler. Hurt. Max Kepler's Kepler got a 640 OPS, and he's an outfielder. Right. Jake Cave's got a 500 OPS. Everybody good is hurt, and everybody who's not hurt is bad. And the pitching is just awful. Top to bottom awful. Yeah, their pitching is way worse than their hitting, right? Do you remember before the season started when our, our, our good friend Mike Rand had was it Falvey or Levine? I can't remember which one of them was on the podcast. I've lost track of which one of them is which. And he he said, point blank, do you have enough pitching? And he, they said, we have enough pitching, Michael. And I guess what they meant is that we 
have enough pitchers on the roster to complete almost every game. Not every game. Astadio's pitched already this year, but yeah. most games are finished by a pitcher and started by a pitcher. And that's, I think, what they meant. Because, man, nothing – their idea, the the Twins' brain trust idea that they just had to find guys who threw kind of hard and make sure they threw 75% sliders or whatever, it's not working. It's not working out of the bullpen this year. God. Oh, Duffy. Feel bar. They're all just so bad. I it's one of those things where I want it to be more complicated than it is. Like, have you ever seen the pitch framing videos, Brandon? Mm-hmm. They there'll be videos, uh, cuts of these guys stealing strikes. These pitches were out of the zones, and the catcher the catchers turned them into strikes. And this is a skill for catchers, and this is what you want Cheating. for catchers. And yeah. what I thought all along. I've talked about this on the podcast before. What I thought all along was this is a matter of subtle things, subtle movements, subtle, a turn of the glove here, the way you set up to receive the pitch, just subtle little things that make a difference. It's almost an art form. And the truth is that what it is is you can steal a lot of strikes on the outside corner by just yanking your glove back in because the ump's lined up on the inside corner and he can't see the outside corner quite so well. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the only thing. And in the same way, the Twins' magic bullpen used over the past couple of years where they picked up guys off the scrap heap and were pretty good, it it seems like the truth wasn't, oh, they've got some magical licks here that the the pitching coach and uh, the, the whole pitching apparatus is going to teach them how to increase the spin rate or whatever, and then they're going to magically get better at pitching. Instead, it's just like, they had a bunch of guys come in and throw a billion sliders, and that was the secret to it. And now it's not working. And it worked, and now it doesn't. You know, the two brightest spots, I've been watching uh, limited games because, as we've talked about, I, I don't have a way to watch them. Um, Buxton, and actually Kirilov has been fun to watch too. Yeah. Great swing. He's hit the shit out of the ball. I know it's not showing up in the stats, but you know it. It's been a lot of loud outs. But now they're both injured. Yep. Now they're both injured and may not play again. So why? I'm not tuning in for Nelson Cruz. Sorry, but and now there's. I mean, Pineda's been good, but he's not fun to watch. Maeda when he's good, but he's been terrible. I guess Barrios when he's pitching, that's kind of an interesting. Yeah, I do like want to see that. Four amazing innings, and then he'll walk one guy and absolutely fall apart. So four, the first four innings of Barrios pitching is as good as we're going to get from like a thing I want to look forward to watching right, right now. Right. And maybe, and maybe Pineda because he does throw strikes uh, for the most part. Um, so that'll keep the game moving. Ah. Uh, that's so rough. Ugh. There's nothing more than just keeping the game moving. That's what I'm after. Well, and it's well, it's getting kind of late to still be early, whatever that sort of statement is that, that we've said before. Um, well, we didn't say it, but actually, no, fuck it. We invented that statement. Right, that's um, right. <laughs> 
But it does sneak up on you in a hurry when when they're this bad, when they're, what, 10 games under 500, unless you can pull out an Oakland A's 13-game winning streak out of your ass or something like that. Um, it's just it's just such an uphill climb. I know it's a long season, but shit, it just takes a long time. <laughs> I so, mean, that's especially a, when your best guys right are injured. They, they're so far in the hole already that they would have to play amazing baseball for the rest of the season just to make it to 500. Yeah. Yeah, the numbers are not too hard to add up. I mean, too hard for us to do right now in the moment, but they've got to play some pretty solid baseball to get back into it. Right. Um, and and, then and again, it's, going back to It's not to like it, it, it was only the preseason predictions that made you think, oh, yeah, we think they're a 93-win team. Nothing that actually happened made has made you think, oh, they're playing like a 93-win team. They're just getting unlucky. They're playing like a 65-win team. <laughs> And their record reflects it. Yep. Yeah, they're not like their FIP is not out of whack with their ERA or anything funky like that. No. No. Maeda's just really bad this year. I guess what we're saying, listeners, is there is no hope. Eat at Arby's. Yeah, so. bad news. Bad news all around. Um, I just desperately want Buxton to come back. That's I don't right. know when that's going to happen, but that will. Buxton is all we have. Yep. Yep. Okay, John. I was wondering if we could finish up the sports talk with a really quick preview of the loon season, but you said that they're terrible. They are terrible. I wanted to... I. I, I wanted to just highlight a quote. Uh, it was in today's newspaper from uh, Loon's beat writer, Jerry Zagoda, wrote an article about how they had started with four losses. And there's a quote from Adrian Heath, the <laughs> the head coach. Um, there was an – I enjoyed this aside from Zagoda. He started this sentence by saying – in charge of build, both building and coaching the first team, Heath said it's unfair to judge him, his team, in the season until all the pieces are in place. That's that's a dagger just thrown into the second to last paragraph of the article. So I'm I'm impressed by Jerry's go to there. But the, the quote was, at the end of the day, it'd be very harsh to look at this overall group when it's not complete. And I just... There's nothing that makes me more insane than a quote like this because, mm-hmm. number one, he's in charge of building the team. Number two, they do have two players who are not with the team who are coming in. That is true. They have a striker from France and a winger from Argentina that are going to join the team possibly soon, possibly later this month, but they're not here yet. But this team's problem, much like the Twins, this, the Loons' problems are twofold. They can't score any goals, but also their defense is garbage. Mm. And so <laughs> saying that, well, we just need we just need another striker and another winger and then we will be amazing, there's no doubt that players are going to help, but neither one of them plays defense. Neither one of them plays left back or left center back where the team is struggling mightily. And again, don't get me wrong, they have guys hurt. They they're missing their 
the guy who I think would probably be their starting left center back right now, and they're also missing Aiko Parra, who was the defender of the year a couple of years ago, and then it's been dealing with a concussion for all of last year. Well, all but the first two games of last year and most of this year, and has a history of brain injuries, and so <laughs> mostly it's just one of those things like, man, I hope he gets well, and I hope he's okay. Um, but so they're missing a couple defenders, but that's not what he said. What he said was <laughs> it'd be very harsh to to look at this overall group when it's not complete, which is ridiculous, and I hate it. It just makes me insane in yeah. a way that, I, you know, Adrian Heath, they've had some success over the last couple of years. They've lost a number of big games, but they haven't been as terrible as the first two years when, don't get me wrong, Heath was also the coach for those first two years. They were utterly terrible in 2017 and 2018, and Heath was the coach. And then they were more competent in 2019 and 2020. They made the playoffs. They made the semifinals of the MLS's back tournament. They made the final of a U.S. Open Cup. They lost all of these big games, but they were at least competent. Yet he just – these quotes and this type of quotes just absolutely rubs me the wrong way. And normally I'm – normally I feel like I'm willing to give people the benefit of the doubt and look past this kind of stuff. But just – it drives me nuts. The 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 coach of the loons drives me absolutely nuts. And <laughs> the team the team is whatever. Uh they're not playing well right now. They are in desperate if if you can you kick with your left foot, Brandon? You throw with your left hand. Can you kick with your left foot? Oh yeah. Can I ever? Are, I mean, are you left footed as well as left handed? I don't know how yes. this works. Yes. All right. I'm gonna need you to get up to Blaine, Minnesota. And uh-huh. see if you can play left back because they they need help. You got it. I, I have was another question. Not I have another to brag, question, but yep, which yep. side do you shoot with? And which side do you shoot in hockey? Right, you shoot right in hockey. All right, that actually confirms. It, it, it's weird to me that I, I always thought it was strange that I I always shot a hockey puck left handed and I I batted left handed in baseball, but I do everything else in the world right handed. So I always thought I was just weird that I shot a hockey puck left hand, and then I found out that shooting left is way more common than shooting right in hockey. So I guess Wait, it makes so sense. Wait, you, so you're right-handed in everything except hockey? Except hockey and baseball. Okay, well, that's Jones. Jones is, is the really? same. Right-handed well, in absolutely everything except baseball and, well, and golf because that's kind of the same concept. Well, does he? So he golfs left as well. Golfs left. Yep. All right. I cannot golf left. I golf right-handed. Okay. So you're weirder than him. Well, I I'm weirder than everybody, Brandon. You are. Yeah. There's well, no, no one it, in the it, world who's as weird as I am. It's very true. I agree with that. So, wow, that's your loons. Your loons rant. That's your loons rant. I I feel like I could do this every day with quotes from Adrian Heath in the newspaper somehow. Just something just it, it rubs me the wrong way. I want to I want to celebrate the success and be supportive in the times of failure, but something about his quotes just they get to me. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. You want to you want to move on? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it's it's amazing that we got this much wild talk and this much loons talk <laughs> into this podcast. I'm impressed. That's what the people voices. want. That's what we gave it. We gave it to him. Uh, okay. Well, last thing is we are we are back to back to a 
pretty close to reality, uh, back to normal life. You and I are, are two weeks past our, our COVID mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, have you, have you gone back in and reentered society in any capacity yet? Yeah, my, my concession to entering polite society again has been going back to the gym. And okay. it's weird, but it's also great. Yeah, so what's the yeah, what's the gym situation like right now? I have not gone back yet. My gym is at my uh corporate office. Right. And they still are not opening up right now. They're being extra careful, which I totally am fine with, but I also am not able to get jacked anymore. I'm not able to get swole. So I'm I'm bummed, but I get it. So I, what's the what's the gym like? Uh, well, I I don't think it's back to normal. The difference is that I've been whereas usually I would go after work pre-pandemic now I've been going sort of in the middle of the day mm-hmm. because, I mean, not only because it's less busy then, but just because I'm working from home and so I sort of have that option a little more. And so I, I since I haven't gone in the post-work time, I don't know what it's like normally, so to speak. But I think going in the middle of the day has been sort of like anything else. Most people are pretty good at wearing a mask and then there's some people who – really are terrible at wearing a mask. And I don't quite understand why they even bother with a mask at that point. Mm-hmm. But, so is there is the rule if you're if you're at a station you can take it off or does it have to be on the whole time? No, the rule is that you wear it all the whole time. And as much as I'm worried about the public health implications of the end of the mask mandate, which is happening July 1st or sooner, I am really looking forward to working out without a mask on because it sucks. Yeah. No, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, I <laughs> I really hadn't had that experience because if I was going outside, I, I honestly didn't realize this is my own stupidity, but it was probably three or four weeks ago now where the governor said, well, we're lifting the mask mandate for outside. You no longer need to wear a mask when you go outside or something like that. I didn't quite understand what the rule was. But the one thing I'm sure of is that I didn't know there was a rule about wearing a mask outside. I thought that that didn't exist. Like, if you were outside, everything was fine. And so I was like, yeah. oh, it, it was like front page news and on the front page of StarTribune.com. And I was like, oh, so what you're telling me is <laughs> oh. I was supposed to be wearing a mask outside this whole time and haven't yeah. been. I, I feel bad about that. I, I, I would like to apologize to anyone who looked at me and criticized me for not following the mask rules because – I I thought I was doing a good job, but I really wasn't in those cases. So all I think of the things they that... they had to overdo some of the rules because people are such idiots. If everybody no. could be fully trusted, <laughs> I think they I'm would exhibit have said, A right there. Well, no, I think I think the science is not with that as being a thing that should have happened, but they just had to overdo it to make a point to the right. idiots that masks work. If, right. if we knew and trusted everybody to be regular people, then we would have said, you don't need to wear masks outside, I think. I don't know. What do I know? Yeah. I mean, I certainly don't know anything because I didn't know there was a rule. But the upshot was that, you know, if we went for a walk or went for a bike ride or whatever, I hadn't been wearing a mask. And so going back to the gym was the first time where I was doing any sort of cardiovascular activity while also wearing a mask. And Man, it is the worst mm-hmm. thing. It is it's just tough. I I mean, I'm not exactly Mr. Fitness anyway, but trying to go up the stair stepper while you got a mask over your face, it's like 
Oh, torture. That's, I mean, Stairmat, the Stairmaster is torture to begin with. So, uh, yeah, that's right. a tough one. I, uh, so I'm obviously vaccinated and our, um, our men's basketball league started back up, but again, same thing. Masks were dad required ball? the entire time. Uh, well, dad balls are unofficial outside, so oh, that's, that's, that, that is that also That doesn't started. count as a league. Yeah, we've not been putting anything online because I'm actually probably just breaking news at that point. My my teammates are going to be mad at me um, just because we're nervous, you know. Um, we don't want to get yelled at. We don't like being yelled at. Um, but my no, my actual league, I play in a league um, for basketball, and that started back up with masks. And How do you ever find time for any of this, Brandon? Honestly, you play in 14 it's... basketball leagues. You play town ball in the summer. Your kids are in every sport imaginable. If I have one thing scheduled in a week, it's like, oh, my gosh, this week is the worst. Like, if my wife leaves the house before bedtime, it's like, oh, I really got to get yeah. mentally prepared for this for a week. And then I talk to you, and it's like, well, my kids had 12 games tonight, and then I had a game, and then we also went to the gym and also went on vacation today. But remember, I have a 9-year-old who will go with me to almost all of these things. He's just oh. my little sidekick at this point. So I can look at a schedule and go, well, Jones has baseball Monday, Wednesday. Fitz has baseball Tuesday. Thursday's open. That's where my basketball league is. Danielle can even go out on Thursday night. I don't care. She can do whatever she wants because I'll just bring the kids with me to basketball, and they're fine. I can bring my kids with me to baseball, and they'll sit on the bench, and they're fine. So that's just, you know, you don't have to have this stuff carved out anymore so much as you just have to agree with your kids, hey, you're coming with me. Um, and sometimes they bitch about it, obviously. Uh, and that's, that's where like ice cream comes in. Right. You know? Well, um, that's, I mean, that seems utterly impossible to me because <laughs> taking my kids anywhere is a recipe for a recipe for heroin use. I mean, I definitely was not, I was playing baseball while they were that age, but I just knew like, well, that's the night that I will be gone and Danielle will be on the hook for parenting that that one night and I would just encourage her like, Hey, you take a night, you know, yourself every single, it's kind of, you know, every other sort of format. And so I knew if I'm taking a night off, well, then I have a night of solo parenting and that'll suck. But that to me was always worth it. Um, right. So it's, it's the, not, it's shifted now just because Jones like, here's, I'm going to basketball. He's like, well, I want to come with. Um, so it makes it a little bit easier when they get when they get to that age. You just it's just your little if they like what you like, you know they're or at least they can stare at a screen. Then it be, they become your sidekick. Then it's easier. Boy, that seems but impossible it, to me. That seems oh, utterly sure. impossible to me. Yeah, it's it's um, six years away, so a million years. It's a million years away. Yeah, I feel like my daughter is four and a half, and I feel like I'm starting to see glimpses of like normal person behavior with her. But my son yeah, that's is, about right. My son is almost two, and oh no, this is he is. They're not just, humans. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> yeah. He can't he can't communicate in any way, but also he's got strong opinions about everything. Like he he barely knows how to say any words, but. Also, he knows how to whine about everything in the world. And I just, if he wasn't cute, I don't know what would happen. Now, this is not to play off gender sort of norms or whatever, but this does feel like a fairly common girl first and then the boy second. 
yes. you end up with a little tiny screaming hellion child that's just like mm-hmm. everybody pay attention to me yeah and you're like geez my daughter has been a, a nice normal human being i mean not perfect but uh you know something resembling a human being for a while and i don't know what the fuck this this monster is in my house <laughs> i've heard that exactly. story so many times I mean, my son is more chill than my daughter ever was, I think. Like, oh, really? Okay. The, the whole look at me thing, that is definitely my daughter. Okay. But well, you're never going to go two mean, for two. That doesn't mean my son can't be like that, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's my worry. Uh, I just, I would like one laid back, chill kid. That's all mm-hmm. I want. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure at this point that I'm going to get one. And <laughs> it's. It's difficult, Brandon. It's not. It's. I'm not gonna lie. It's difficult. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yep. You're getting there, man. <sighs> it's, Take it I mean, day by day. It really is day by day. Like, not a. People told me before I had kids that you know the years are short, but the days are long, and that is absolutely true. Yep. Yeah, I had a lot of uh, a lot of sympathy, or really empathy, actually, because I remember when you were talking today. I don't even know what it was. I was just kind of glancing at Twitter, so I missed the actual conversation. But you said something to the effect of you miss a commute because there was oh. two times a day when you were neither parenting oh nor working. And I was like, oh, boy, that is so true. I needed that commute so badly those years. I needed it. And, you know, you could force a commute style thing right now of like, hey, I'm I'm closing my laptop and then I need a half an hour. But you have a spouse that's going, excuse me? What do you... Now you're going right. to go for a walk by yourself because you need to cool out after work? I don't think so, pal. Get your ass back in here. I, so that's... I, I cannot describe how frustrating it is now and how much I miss just the idea of, all right, I'm done with work and now there's going to be a... 20 to 30 minute period. I didn't even have a particularly long commute. I wasn't commuting for an hour or anything like that. Right. But there will be a 20 to 30 minute period now where there will be no one around but me. And I will be in the car and maybe I'll listen to a podcast or maybe the radio or maybe just nothing. And I'll be by myself. And now I'm done with work or (laughs) the more accurate thing is that. I'm trying to get done with work, and there's an a- there's absolute chaos going on the other side of my office door mm-hmm. uh, in some way. And so there becomes that moment where you decide, well, I'm going to be done with work this minute because both of my children are crying, and I don't I don't know which one of them is injured more right now. But just having to step right out from like, I'm done with work, and now I'm immediately parenting is just, it's painful. It's utterly yep. painful to go from one to the other. And then there's nights like tonight was sort of this way where I'm I'm working and then 30 seconds later I'm parenting and then there's two other things to do. I got to mow the lawn and then immediately my, my wife is going somewhere. So then I'm solo parenting and it's like it, it's like you work all day and then your life gets worse. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's nothing more frustrating to me. So uh, you, every so often you see these things on Instagram or whatever, or someone sends them to you where they say, well, 
sometimes the most important thing to be resilient or to do for yourself or mental health or whatever is you just got to take some time for yourself, Brandon. You just got to – maybe that means maybe that means that you're not going to do that thing you want to do. You're just going to sit around and watch Netflix all weekend or something like that. And there's nothing more stressful and frustrating than to read that when you have a job and small children because it's like, oh, my gosh, no, I can't do any of that. None I of that thought is possible. Of that. <laughs> I can't do – I can't watch anything on Netflix. I don't <laughs> – there's, there's no time for any of that because either I am working or I am parenting – or it's after bedtime and I want hard drugs. They're, one of those three <laughs> things is true at all times. And so. the idea that what I need to do is, oh, I just need to pull back and be it's important to rest and blah, blah, blah. I can't. I wish I could. My kids don't like watching sports on television. I've tried. My my hope is that Saturday mornings we could do nothing and just sit around and watch three screens worth of soccer at the same time. That that would be my hope. But they are extremely bored by that. They don't want to watch baseball. They don't want to watch anything. They don't want to do anything. They want to. I, they want to play Frozen. That's my daughter. Or they want to drive cars. And my my son's greatest desire in life, oh, Brandon. I I I don't know where this got started, but. His favorite thing in the world is if he hears the city bus going outside my house, he will run to the window and point and go, bus. That's his excitement. That's his life. Wow. Bus guy. That happens four times an hour. He wants to point at the city bus. And that's it. (laughs) And it's adorable. It's cute. It's fun. I, (laughs) I, I enjoy his excitement. But it's not really my sense of what I want to do with a Saturday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. Not really what I was thinking we do today is drive trucks around and then four times an hour run over to the window and go, bus. It's adorable. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's adorable. Totally. And I love my son. And being with him is fun and being with my daughter is fun. But it gets old. It gets real Enough old. Enough with the bus talk. Yeah. 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 No, there's my uh, – so Jones is nine now, so he's like – if. You know, if if he was able to just choose what he could do all day, it would just be Fortnite with his buddies all day long. And so it's it's he's he's almost immediately going to transition from, you know, us paying, you know, having to be around him all the time to right. us pretty soon here going to be begging to spend time with him. Right. But Fitz is a six year old, and he's a, a high maintenance is probably the wrong way, but he really wants to entertain us and be entertained right. by us. Right. And so it's. Dad, let's uh, let's play old maid. Let's play old maid again. <laughs> let's keep playing old maid. Dad, tic tac toe. Let's play tic tac toe. Dad, no, no, no. Put the, put your X here. Put your X right here. And you know, yeah. And about fifteen minutes into it, I'm just like, you want to just watch your tablet? You can watch whatever you want right now. I don't even give a shit. I just can't do this anymore. You know, and that hurts. That's <laughs> like things. the other. Yeah, I I know how you. I know how you, like the other day, my daughter. This is. Uh, Someday my daughter will be scarred by these all of this talk about what she does. But the other day my daughter said, Dad, do you want to play rock, paper, scissors? And I was thrilled because <laughs> I was looking forward to a game of rock, paper, scissors. Like, this is <laughs> way kill five better. Seconds. Yeah, this is way better than what we usually do. I don't want to pretend to do whatever. This is an actual game, and I can play rock, paper, scissors, and it'll be fun. We can. It's like flipping a coin. It's just – it's fun. But what it turned out was that someone had told her about rock, paper, scissors – but at no point had they explained to her that it was a competitive <laughs> game that you play. 
So <laughs> she was like, all right, confused. let's play rock, paper, scissors. I will be the rock and the paper and you be the scissors. <laughs> and it was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, I, okay. I thought for a minute there that we were on solid ground and instead I'm pretending to be a scissors. And I don't even oh. know what my role is. Not sure. Yeah. <sighs> oh, man, it's hard. So yeah. I was going to ask you about your uh, your commute uh, quandary, if mm-hmm. you will. Are you ever going to go back? At, are you ever going to go back into the office? No, I mean I don't have an office anymore. My, so you're completely my job done. is yeah my job is fully remote now. It's it's <sighs> funny because the first day of the pandemic was my first day at this new job, and so I thought I was going to be all special and be the guy who works remote, and everyone was going to be envious somehow, but. At the same time, everybody else started working from home too, and nobody's gone back to the office yet. So, okay, so it's yeah, the, the commute is a thing of the past. The commute is a thing of the past, but I'm thinking about renting an office in like St. Cloud. Yeah, and just being like, yeah. sorry, that's where I work now. I have to drive know, to St. Yeah, Cloud they, and back every day. It's important the Wi-Fi yep. there. Yep, they got better Wi-Fi in St. Cloud. Oh shoot! Sorry, that is a roof mm. stoop. I like how now the podcast is just, it's an, it's, you know, maybe 50 minutes of sports talk and then it's 20 minutes of me just yelling about kids stuff. Well, uh, this is great because I, that was me for five years at the very beginning. So, um, you know, time comes for all of us. I will, (laughs) I will never forget that when you, when your kids were pretty young, I think this might have even been before before Fiddy was born and you were talking about how parenting was like the best thing ever and there were just small things to complain about and then like three years later Jones was four and Fiddy was two or whatever and I, I I repeated that back to you and your reaction was almost revulsion like no why the hell would I, I say that that I is not said. true this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> It now, is, uh, now it's turned around the other way where you're like, oh, my gosh, these kids are great. I really enjoy their company. Uh-huh. Yep. And I don't think that I, – I think that my experience is pretty universal or close right. to it. Yeah. You know? That's what everybody says. And, you know, and, and I'm already seeing it coming. I, I know I just mentioned it a couple of minutes ago, but snap my fingers and I'm going to be desperate to see these guys. Right. You know, because they're going to be 10 and 13 – and I'll be like, God, you want to go to the park and play baseball? And you'll be like, you were gonna, no, dude. I don't want to do You're going to have that. two teenage slash preteen boys at the same time. And there is no lower form of life than that. Oh, my God. The worst. The subhuman. worst. Not, they, I mean, and more life. subhuman. Like, I... So... A friend dropped her kids, had to go get her second vaccine shot today. So she dropped her kids off at our house. And so briefly today I was holding a baby who I think is six months old. And they are far more human than 10 and 13-year-old boys. A six-month-old who can talk, barely hold their head up, can't roll over. Far more human and expressive than preteen boys. And I know this because I was a preteen boy. Oh, Oh, yeah. We've been there. the worst. You don't forget that phase of your life. It's no. just really, it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. And they're they're both so far have are huge kids. They're very tall, so I can just see them like 
going through puberty quickly and just smelling terrible for four years, <laughs> each drinking a gallon of milk a day. I mean, you remember these times. I do we had, fro- these we had times. a full frozen pizza after school and before dinner regularly. <laughs> just a full frozen 3,000 calories as a snack. What I'm looking forward to for you is that moment when your kids are about 12 or 13 when you know you start getting the the four hairs on the upper lip and you're like oh i got a mustache now i'm going to leave this there and no one can tell you any different there's nothing funnier than oh man than that period of a of a preteen boy's life so plus think about i've got a ginger and like a white-haired kid those are the most disgusting facial hair true oh you have some extremely pale children. Yes. You guys Yeah, must, I mean if your salary must go on sunscreen in the summer. Yeah, if they set foot outside when the sun's out, they literally start on fire. Yeah. They just combust into a ball of fire. Yeah, it's tough for us. <laughs> really got to keep tabs on them. Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about your going back to work philosophies, but I don't mind. have a going You don't have is, one. This is my life now. Right here in my in my podcast dungeon. Is also where I work. Right. So uh, did you, uh, is it like a pretty, is it a, obviously it's permanent, but like does it feel like a permanent setup to you? Or are you still kind of, I know there's a lot of people who are like, I know I'm going to be here forever, but I still right. am kind of using the, the, the folding card table as my desk and still have just like a, the extra kitchen chairs. My, or have you been like, I'm set up here? Well, I, honestly, it's only the last couple of weeks after my wife was fully vaccinated and started going back to the gym in the morning because that was her thing before that she would go to the gym in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then it's nap time or whatever. My daughter's in preschool three days a week. And so it really has just been the last couple of weeks that it's felt like normal life where the house is reasonably quiet when I'm working in the morning and that sort of stuff. But I have a I mean, I have a pretty permanent setup now. Um, I'm not working at the kitchen table or anything because it became pretty clear early on that with the kids there really, really had to be a door between my workspace and the children because yeah. when I when we first started and I first started this job, it was like, well, we'll just put my desk in the basement and it'll be fine. But I would be sitting in meetings and all of a sudden there would be two children there somehow. Like, where did you come from? One of you can't even walk right now. How did you get down here? Yeah. Repelled down. Yeah. Exactly. So it became pretty clear early on that I was going to have to have an actual office. So we got that set up and everything's sort of been somewhat permanent since then. But have Mm -hmm. you, are you back in the office now? No, not yet. Um, We'll probably, so the official company line is after Labor Day in September. Right. But to, to the extent of, when we'll be expected in the office and when it's going to be more of a, hey, whatever works best for you, that's still all very up in the air. But um, I do know that I'll be working from home, of course, a lot more often than I was two years ago when right. working from home was kind of a air quotes. Actually, it just means I'll, if you have an urgent you know, need, you can call me. Otherwise, I'll just be you know, at home waiting for the window guy to get there or whatever. So... Um, so I will be working from home uh, at least fairly regularly is my expectation, but, right. but it did just kind of sink in. So I've been, you know, like, like all of us, it's been what, 15 months now. Um, it felt very temporary for probably the first year. 
13 months before it finally was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to feel a lot better mentally if I turn my, again, this temporary office into a, I'm going to be here for forever. Maybe not every day, but I will be working here forever. So I kind of did the rearrange the office and and got a nice desk and, and all that sort of stuff. And it has felt so much better. And that coincided, similar to you, it coincided perfectly with um, a little bit more of normalcy of the kids going back to school. Right. Um, and that just, that changed everything. I mean, night and day. Uh, so now, and, and I think that was the, the source of so much anxiety for people over those first few months. You know, at least I, what I heard from my coworkers and my friends was, oh my God, I have to get back into the office. I have to, right. I just, I can't do this. Right. It wasn't that they were working from home, is that they were working alongside their children. Right. And so when the kids went back to school, I could just see this exhale from, it was certainly myself, but a lot of other people as well, of like, oh, actually, you know, working from home, if your kids aren't there, is very nice. Right. Um, but it just, you know, going back to the thing we were talking about, the commute, that's kind of, that's a bummer uh, to lose. I try to, you know, they say like, and again, I my kids are going to be fine without me. So even though I know that they're home, I can shut my laptop uh, and still take 20 minutes up here. And I l- do legitimately turn on a podcast sometimes and just sort of have a few moments and, and I can do that. Um, but you do lose some of those sort of other things as well. So I, it'll be, right. to me, I'm not going to, we don't need to talk about this too much, but it'll be absolutely fascinating to see what happens six months from now when people can go back to work, who actually does and who doesn't. Right. And to what extent, because, you know, there's a huge amount of pros and cons to both scenarios. Um, and I really, I have no idea. I, I don't feel like I have even any sense of what the future looks like for for us working folk. Yeah, I really feel like it's 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 snapped back from one ditch to the other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, three, right. three or four months into the into the pandemic, there were a lot of news stories that were like, I don't think people will ever go back to the office. This is amazing. The flexibility is great. And then now, as we're more than a year into it, I feel like the stories have more tended back to, boy, everybody can't wait to get back to the office. They're so tired of their families, and they just want to be at work and not at home and at work at the same time. Right. Yeah, if I had to guess, I would say when, when offices are open back up, um, there will be a, a little honeymoon period of, let's say, two weeks or a month or something like that, where people are like, oh, man, it felt good to... Right. I forgot how to wear a belt. I remember how to wear a <laughs> belt now. You know, felt good to put shoes on and go see people and whatever. But I think pretty quickly, you know, uh, uh, again, a few weeks or a month into it, it's going to be like, well, it's it's a little chilly today. I don't know if I really, f- or right. it's going to rain or, I, you know, I only have two meetings. Why would I drive? There's a commute. Traffic's been kind of a pain in the butt lately. I got, again, the window guy coming and all of a sudden it's going to go to some sort of like, to me, ultra flexible go work where you want to work sort of scenario right. so um but and and not to mention we live in minnesota do you know how much better this winter was when you took the daily commute yes out of it? oh my gosh that is so true oh i mean you know you wake up and and it's oh the high is 11 below today you're like so i don't give i'm not going outside but what do i care it could yeah, be 70 and- below for all I care. If So long as my furnace is working, that's really more of just like a sort of interesting tidbit about the day versus, oh my God, I have to warm my car up and, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be miserable for however long that is. Um, or it's going to snow. It's like, all right, 
I'll shovel later, but I don't have to be nervous that I'm going to get in an accident or right. sit in traffic for an hour and a half. So that'll be a, it's true. Yeah, no, it'll be a ghost town at our offices in January and February. To me, that that feels pretty close to guaranteed. Right. Yep, so I agree. One every. Has your wife been working from home? Yeah. Yep. And her company is uh, smaller than mine. Um, she's got uh, a few. Every company is smaller than your company. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, maybe five hundred people or something like that. I don't know exactly how many. She's got offices in a few different um, parts of the country, but so it's a smaller office around here. Let's say a couple hundred people. Right. And so they have a little bit more of a f- looser thing of hey if you want to go in the office go in the office it's fine if you we, we trust if you're vaccinated you're vaccinated so she has the option and it did play out exactly that way she was she went in for the first week so super cool say hello to mm-hmm. her people that she's missed and now she's like yeah I, I think i'm i think we're gonna go in thursdays if we can and that'll be kind of right. be our day as a, as a team to to meet but one you know a couple people go in just because they like going in that's awesome but most you know so she's she's here pretty much the entire time now um and if she's not like going to the office very much, it's that says something because she's got brand new office and it's I'm not kidding a mile and a half from here. Oh wow! So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I think we'll hunker down at home for a while. New normal. New normal. New normal. All right, John. We should wrap right. this up. It's our bedtime. That was. 12 minutes of sports talk followed by an hour of complaining about children and talking about work. This has been therapy. this has been the dad <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's right. All right, see you everybody. Goodbye. Bye everybody. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.